Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Lindsey? I mean, there's so much to talk about going into this game. I know we obviously had a preview last week. We had the bye week to think about this matchup with the 49ers. I think a lot of people looked at it as, oh, it might be the 49ers get back game. They've lost two in a row. Cincinnati Bengals are 2-0, and but they're coming off of a, a bye week. What's it going to look like? And I'm just going to say right now, Joe Burrow is officially back. Yeah, uh, this was the first game that I think, I, I mean, like you could squint the entire time you think of the second half of week two before the re-aggravation in the past couple of weeks and go like, I, I see it. But the reason I think he's back came early on two of them. One, <laughs> he's got to be one of the only quarterbacks that like, they're not going to blow dead as <laughs> they've got him wrapped up. They're like, well, let's see how this goes, <laughs> which I was very appreciative of. That was the out of structure play uh, where he escaped, what three sacks on his way to roll to his right and throw the pass and pick up a first down. And then this one was later, but they had their first quarterback draw of the season and it was Burrow checking to it himself, which is usually how you run that play. Usually you're going to see, oh, the defense is not respecting my ability to run whatsoever from empty. So I'm going to check to a draw. That's what he did. Picked up a first down. And that's the first time he did that. And to me, that might be the last thing before you think somebody's fully back. Like I talked about some leaving some of those throws on the outside inside, which I don't think he did at all this week. I think everything was pretty much perfect, which how it's going to go when you throw what 87% of your passes for completions. Um, But yeah, when he checked quarterback draw and ran it and he ran a lot this week, but that was real faith in his legs and he showed it the entire game. Also, exciting yet terrifying to have a quarterback like burrow that is so not afraid of contact i mean go down i'm yelling go down so often at the tv no i'm watching every 49ers defender every time joe burrow runs and i'm like please don't go for his legs please don't hurt him please don't because he's coming off this injury and i agree with you there were so many times in this game not only did he get out of sacks but running for a first down was absolutely incredible and it really just felt like the old joe burrow we heard all the way up to this game from ian Rappaport and, and diana russini said before the game that their sources and who they're talking to inside the Bengals organization felt Joe Burrow was a hundred percent or at least close to a hundred percent. And that was absolutely a huge deal. You know, going into the buy, it was like, get to November. So you don't have any of those setbacks and watching this game today, Joe Burrow felt like on killer mode with just the drives. I felt confident that they could go down the field, score a touchdown, or at least get points on the board. We can talk about kind of what happened in the red zone with Irv Smith in just a little bit, but overall with Joe Burrow, it just felt like the confidence was back with him and just going to different wide receivers was, is, is something you want to see today. And, and I know this sounds like a hot take, but I'm going to say it. Joe Burrow was the best quarterback in the NFL this weekend. 
Yeah, so I mean, look at the advanced statistics a little bit. I mean, you can talk about this normal stats, which I'll pull those up first so that we can just look at generic box score things. I think everything looked incredible. Like you don't have to really dig deep to figure out to kind of go like, yeah, Joe Burrow was incredible. No, no, you got to look at it like whatever. I mean, 28 of 32, so only four missed passes. He took three sacks, but is yeah, there was one I was like, man, Joe, you can't take that sack. But was that the know. third down right before the missed field goal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I had that same feeling. 283 yards, three touchdowns, 8.8 yards per attempt, 134, almost 135 quarterback rating, and discuss the running, six carries for 43 yards, spread it around. Awesome game when you just look at all that. I mean, that's just all awesome stuff, but you look at some of the advanced stuff, EPA per play, 93rd percentile with almost adding half of a point every time he dropped back, end up adding 19.4 points and his completion percentage over expected was an insane 17.6 that is in the 97th percentile of all games that they have ever looked at and there's one more thing i want to talk about and a little bit about this those advanced stats but yeah everything everything's gonna be like okay 95th plus percentile like that's how well he played of all games not just like burrow games or Bengals games but all games the nfl every mahomes game every I think this goes back to 2003, so it's like all the prime Peyton Manning type games. Like out of all those games, 95th plus percentile for him in this. Uh, so incredible game. And when you look at it, talk about the plays too. I mean, that tight window throw to Boyd was insane. And then you're I was also- nervous. Yeah, I thought it was a pick. I was like, oh, shoot, he threw that one. Like it was too tight. And I was like, well, just outside of perfect placement. Perfect loft and placement on the first touchdown to Boyd. He made a lot of plays out of structure. Um, the the Yosivash touchdown, and we talked a little bit about the one he made three guys miss to get that first down. I think that's also why he ends up taking sacks at a higher rate than some of the other peers of his is because he really does, and it's slowly not getting coached out of him, but dialed back a little bit because it does need it a tiny bit. He thinks he can escape anything, I think. <laughs> I think he's like, uh, four of these guys, they all are free runners. I'll get out of it. I saw that plenty of times. I mean, honestly, you go back to the first quarter with just that first drive. And what made me a little nervous, I'll be completely honest with you, the way they were able to drive down the field, I thought, this is scripted. This is the scripted play, opening drive. Let's see if they can hang on the rest of the game and they're able to still get in the end zone or at least drive down the field and control the clock. And they were able to do that the whole entire game. They won 31-17. to 17. But they left a touchdown and a field goal, at least a touchdown, off the board. So it's absolutely insane to look at when you look at this offensive side of the ball. We'll get to the defense in just a moment. But it was just, it was good to see because, again, you can hear all day that Joe Burrow feels 100%, but we haven't seen it this season. Even in the Arizona Cardinals game, you can look at it and be like, oh, they're playing the Cardinals. What does it really look like against a really good defense? And I know we have talked about the secondary with the 49ers, but overall, the, the Niners have a good D line. And I wasn't counting them out. I still think they're one of the top teams in the NFC to go on the road for a team that is needing a win after dropping two in a row and the Bengals are winning two in a row. This is just such a huge road win for the Cincinnati Bengals in this offense. Yeah. Um, And then the other Joe, I feel like we should talk about him too. Yes, we should. It was his best, best of the season. Yeah. I think he took super soldier serum over the bye week or something because that I have been on the train that I think he's been good this year, and I mm-hmm. thought he was going to be good this year. I feel like that was not a common opinion. I did think he had a lot of injury stuff last year. Hasn't been injured. 
got to get a little bit healthier, a little bit more rested. And I mean, he looked so good running the ball and it was burst. It was just like a type of health that we hadn't seen explosion um, strength. Oh my goodness. He had one play that I'm obviously going to clip because I'm talking about now, but he runs over the linebacker. I think it was Greenlaw 57 and it was like, Greenlaw's legs parallel with the ground type of like, oh, he just got smacked. Don't forget about their linebackers. They're probably the best in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Warner and Greenlaw, probably the best duo. And they've got a great front. This is a statement game. And one of the reasons I wasn't overly concerned about being scripted stuff early was I thought everybody looked healthy. Like that was Mm -hmm. the biggest takeaway when I was taking that first drive. I was like, oh, man. Look at Mixon explode out of that hole. It's like, look at Burrow break four tackles on his way to completing a pass. And like, look at that ball placement on that pass. It just felt so much different than just, ah, they knew the 49ers rules. They broke them and they're going to make them adjust or something like that. And I feel like I've talked about that ad nauseum about like the difference between the Bengals offense and some of these other ones. And like they, the other offenses can break rules make you adjust and do whatever, like make you play a little different on defense, but the Bengals, when they're just better than you, they're just better than you. And how do you stop that? Because it's really difficult. Um, yeah. I mean, some of you guys had great games, but I think Joe and Joe were the two best yeah. guys in the field. No, I agree. It's so encouraging to see what what Joe looks like at 100% because expectations before going in the season, this guy could play at an MVP level. He's having his best offseason. And then obviously the calf injury happened. And I think it was definitely more severe than we all thought to begin with. And then the Ravens game, he tweaked it again. It wasn't as severe, but it really did still have a setback on the offense. When Joe Burrow isn't performing at a high level, this offense struggles. Joe Burrow was performing at a very high level today. And I want to get to some of the, the wide receivers right now. You know, you wanted to see more out of T. Higgins and Jamar Chase has showed up all season long. We talked about the running game with Joe Mixon, and I felt like it was his best best game. But when you go to the wide receiver room, what did you think of Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase? All great. I mean, so the Chase one, I thought he had the best game receiving, but what was up with the ball security? <laughs> oh, Jamar, yes, there were a couple times. So neither one ended up really factoring in. Uh, the one he recovered. I think that one was ruled a fumble. Yeah. Cause they counted as a catch. Then it came out, but he was able to recover it. The other one got ruled an incompletion, but I wanted to look it up. He has fumbled four times in his career. And that was very close to two fumbles in one game, which is what he's done two seasons in a row, like just mm-hmm. two fumbles the entire season. He almost matched that in this game. But other than that, he was obviously really good. And I mean, they tried to double him. Didn't matter. Played a lot of cloud coverage, which is one cornerback rolled up, going to take away everything underneath and a safety over the top. He beat it. That was one of Burrow's best throws, too, is to the outside. Um, And uh, Chase was able to get one foot down and the toe of the other. Uh, Higgins, I thought he looked healthier. I thought he looked good in this game. I mean, no no drops that I remember. Uh, He didn't catch that back shoulder ball, but that is what it is. Those are 50-50 balls for a reason. Sometimes they don't go your way. He caught the deep ball on the shot play. Uh, overall, I was happier with how he performed today. Boyd thought was great, especially early on in this game. Um, wide receiver group's awesome. I mean, even you get to Yossi Vash catching another touchdown and another play that was out of structure where he does a great job when the play breaks down to just make himself available to the quarterback. 
so that he is in a position to catch those balls. Uh, I think that's really incredible from a sixth round rookie because that's not something that I think a lot of young guys really get like the idea of the angle that they have to be at and how to make themselves more of a viable target to the quarterback. But Yosivash clearly does understand that. He has athleticism and good body control. Again, another body control type catch on the sideline. Don't want to take that for granted. And Trent Irwin on that one drive, even him, he got involved, man. They've got so many wide receivers. And no tight ends. <laughs> tight end is not working out for him. We're going to get to Herb Smith in just a moment. But I agree with you. When it comes to the Yoshi back-to-back games with the touchdown, you can even go back to the Arizona game where it felt like he had that sideline catch for his first NFL catch. But they didn't count it. it but overall, I think in the last three games for Yoshi, it's been a confidence booster. And that's absolutely huge for what I still feel like is a steal for them getting him in the sixth round and getting him involved in back-to-back touchdowns the last few weeks. Is awesome. And even Tyler Boyd, I feel like he's kind of had a quiet start to the season, but over the last few weeks, getting him out there with this offense, it felt like Joe had a lot of confidence in, in going to TV in this game. Yeah. I th- I thought Burrow was confident going to any wide receiver. Erwin, mm-hmm. Yoshi, Boyd, Higgins, Chase. Like there was no point where I felt like Burrow would pass one of those guys up if they were in the progression um, because he didn't trust them, which – Actually, I don't even feel that way about the tight ends considering the bubble screen too. Uh, man, that, that play would feel so much worse if they lost the game because that was a huge swing. But, yeah, I wanted to talk about it. But, yeah, just the Irv Smith experiment has been an, an abject failure. I think that if there's one move the Bengals make at the trade deadline, I was part of defensive tackle or whatever help you can get there. But it might be tight end that you have to make because in backup running backs also scary, but you know, maybe they could figure it out. The yeah. tight end thing is just you're not getting even from the starter replacement level play. You're getting worse than that. And that's tough to deal with. Because in the other positions, defensive tackle, they're getting above average, if not good, play from the starters. And from the running back position, I think Mixon's playing at a good level too, definitely above average. So then you look to the tight ends and the entire group. I don't think there's a single guy that you'd say like, oh, at least he's playing at, you know, like an average tight end level. Like, no, they're they're all below that, even if they do some things well. Yeah, I, I didn't get to see what Joe Burrow said. I know a lot of the Cincinnati media members were on the sideline and they said Joe Burrow definitely let Herb Smith. He sent a message to Herb Smith after that happened in the red zone. And, and I didn't get to hear. Obviously, we didn't know. And Joe's one of those people who's very constructive. When things like that happened, he did go back to Irv Smith again in the game, which was very surprising to me. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I thought they dialed up another tight end screen. I thought there's no way Joe's going back to Irv, but he did. And I think that was a little bit of a confidence booster for Joe or for uh, Irv Smith. But I agree. The tight end position, even though going into the season, I've always said, I don't think they utilize the tight end position as as much as the other NFL teams do around the league. And I am going to raise my hand. Look, I love to be right about a lot of things. I was completely wrong about Irv Smith. I've been, it's, it's bad. It's not going that great with Irv Smith. I thought early on when he was catching some of the footballs, I was like, you know what? Irv might be back. Joe's back. Irv's back. This thing is rolling, but. It was almost the best game. Yeah. There was just one play. That was brutal. And, and it's, it's unfortunate. And good, good thing is it it didn't matter at the, at the end of the game Mm -hmm. when it comes to the outcome, honestly, it would just been like, Oh, it could have been, it could have been even worse for the 49ers if they even got a field goal or another touchdown when they were in the red zone, which I felt very confident they were going to get points there. So I think the tight end position is very concerning right now for the Cincinnati Bengals. I still feel like they don't utilize it, utilize it as much as other NFL teams, but 
yeah, Irv, I'm sorry, man. Not working out right now. Hopefully it bounces back and just turns it around or something. But, yeah, they just need something from that tight end spot. That's Because Drew Sample had the drop and fall down, classic Drew Sample play. He's, like, he's just not a receiver. <laughs> Despite the nine RAS score, you know, everybody loves RAS. It's like I, I feel like I want to send the Drew Sample one to everybody whenever they talk about it. It's like that doesn't mean they're like actually a great athlete. They just perform well at the combine. Uh, Irv actually on the other end had a terrible RAS, but I think he's a good athlete. I just, yeah. man, just brain farts in the biggest moment and the fumble counts towards that. Also, I don't think a ton of people have talked about it. Offensive line. I was about to ask you offensive yeah. line. Let's talk about it. Joe went under center. Yeah. Initial reaction. I'll start offensive line. I want to talk about the under center thing too. Yeah. And hopefully we don't spend forever on the offense. Okay. The defense played really well too, but the offensive line, I thought they played great. I mean, that my initial reaction. Sometimes I've thought that, and then I go back and watch, like, yeah, it wasn't as good as I thought. I thought they were great, and especially considering the competition. I know Burrow was sacked three times. I think some of that was him trying to make plays happen a little bit. Um, In the run game, I mean, some of those were just mixing being awesome, but I also think there were plenty of plays. I was, like, a little surprised at how much push and how much – how open things were for Mixon in the run game. I, I was pretty impressed. And they moved Nick Bosa all around. Uh, they had him over Orlando Brown. They had him over Jonah Williams. Didn't didn't destroy the game. And that's different than when they faced Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett did destroy the game moving around like that. So I was happy with that performance. But Javon Hargrave did have – he was the one that got a sack on that one play. Bosa got the initial pressure. Not to say that he didn't have an effect on the game. He had an effect on the game. But I think when you look at it overall, they were able to mitigate that enough that they were able to just run their offense. That's what I got worried about. And the Bengals do this sometimes where they don't trust the offensive line, so they kind of turtle it, and it ends up being like all quick game, all screens, just run plays to take hits off Burrow type situation. This game, they were not afraid of going deep. They were not afraid of running plays off of their quick game and stuff that would take a second off of their screens. They ran that screen and go. Uh, so there was a lot in there that they had to trust the offensive line. Um, and they got unique protection too. I love that one play where Chase stayed in, chipped, and then went across the field and caught a ball for about nine yards. There's a lot of good stuff this week. You could tell it was a post-buy. I think that's you what could definitely tell. And, and that's a shout-out to Zach Taylor. We've been critical mm-hmm. of him. I think Bengals fans have been really critical of him to start an early season, and I felt like he called a really good game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, credit to all the guys that have been under fire, right? Like Zach Taylor, Brian Callahan, and Frank Pollock, too. Uh, Which, side note, man, we have to know who the coaches are because did you see – were you watching on TV? Yeah, I was. Okay, they cut to a a ball – a guy, a big guy with a beard on the sideline. I think it was one of the assistant offensive line coaches. They started talking about Frank Pollock, like how he used to play for the 49ers. I was like – I'm not 100% sure, but I am 99% sure that was not Frank Pollock that they kept talking about. That's CBS's A-team, too. Come on. We got to be better. I know. Yeah. It it was a great story. Like, I love what they're talking about with it. Like, he's, you know, the run game coordinator. They're doing a great job. And it's against his old team. He won Super Bowls with the 49ers. But they didn't show the right guy. (laughs) Here's the thing. Jim Nance, Tony Romo, they have a really good record when calling Joe Burrow games. So I know, I people hate them, them, but we got to keep getting them on. We got to keep getting them on. And I actually thought it was really good when, when listening to them. I mean, Tony Romo brought up a lot of good points. He's like, look, this is Joe Burrow's best drive. It was Joe Burrow's best game of the season. 
it, it, it was this offense's best game of the season. And Zach Taylor said it after the game. It was the most complete game of the season. I know they left points off the board. We can look at the missed field goal by Evan McPherson early on in the game. They're in the red zone. The Irv Smith situation happened. But overall, they were in it for four quarters. And I loved everything about it. I am team defer every single time. That's right. You were right. You were right. I, I, I failed on that early on this season. I'm like, no, no, you got to get the ball. You got to drive down the field. Nope. Not at all, because the whole time in the first half, I thought to myself, yeah, they left points off the board, but they get the ball in the second half. That's right. Exactly. That, I felt the same is- way. And you're nowhere. You're you are in such a driver's seat when you kick the ball off to start the game and then force a three and out like they did. Yep. Like that just puts you so far. In the, and then you just go score a touchdown. So now if I'm on the other team, you don't think about this, but you do think about it. And it's like it's so early. You don't care. But at the same time. I know I'm basically down a score and a half because yeah. if if we let them get the ball back, they're going to be getting the ball back with a touchdown lead. So like we have to go and tie this up so that you know we can play. But yeah, I love that they are now deferring. Right. You were right. You were right all along. I was not. I wasn't buying in early. I was like, no, you got to get the ball. You got to be aggressive now. I'm like, nope. I want you to defer. There's something about the Bengals winning the coin tosses which has happened in like the last three to four games. So credit to them. I don't know what it is. I'm game for it. The mojo's going well. They have Sunday night football coming up. We'll talk all about that later in the week. Defense. I am so sorry to only give you about 10 minutes, but let's, let's talk about the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. I want to put it off for a second. Uh, under center stuff was cool. I just want to say the tendency breaker about it was just, they passed the ball a ton out of under center and they ran mm-hmm. the ball a lot from shotgun. And that's just kind of like the two crosshairs there of, you know, you think you go under center to run the ball, which they did a little bit, just enough. Yeah. And you think you go into shotgun to pass the ball, which they did plenty, but they're also handing the ball off there. Um, the more One more credit to the offense, and this blew me away when I, I found it. 45% of their total plays were first downs. Almost the first downs, the- they had 19 at one point in the first half. Yeah, almost half of the time they dropped back, they pick, or not just dropped back, but handed the ball off too. Like, half the time they snapped the ball, they picked up a first down. And oh, also, talking about the offensive line, that Ted Karras play should have counted. That was a fumble. That should have been a big man rumble. I was so upset that they were blowing it dead. He was down at like the 20, still not touched. Oh, <laughs> he not the whole way. But I agree with you. I, I The first downs were insane. It was the most in NFL, in NFL this season ever having 19 first downs, absolutely crazy in the first half. Yeah. Anyway, we got to talk defense. We got to talk defense. Sorry, offense. You were legit. Joe Burrow is back. Let's flip to the defensive side of the ball because, look, I'll be completely honest with you. There were times where I'm like, ooh, you're not respecting Brock Purdy can scramble. He can run for these first downs. He's kind of mobile out there, and he was able to do it. There were some times I'm like, how in the world did you get that off? And George Kittle did do what George Kittle does. I do think he's a top two tight end in the NFL. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Obviously, Travis Kelsey at number one. But um, overall, on the defensive side of the ball, they were able to step up. Turnovers. Yeah. Um, The only thing that really can say – consistently worked for the 49ers were quarterback scrambles and uh Ayuk targets. Yeah. <laughs> Those two things. They they did a great job against McCaffrey, especially in the run game. I know they I gave agree. up a touchdown, but even considering the touchdown, McCaffrey averaged negative 0.22 EPA per play, had a success rate of 29%. And I know that's just a bunch of jumbled garbage to some people, but those are both well below average for the NFL. Um, Kittle. Oh, Kittle also worked a lot. Yeah. So he Kittle did. and I use targets definitely worked, but they did a good job of 
doing exactly what I thought they had to, which when you play against the 49ers, you have to get them off schedule. And I thought Lou sent some opportune blitzes. I thought that they did a good job of just stopping the run in general, but just they're the best team in the league when they're on schedule and they're able to do what they want. But if you get them in the third and long, second and long, that's when they aren't able to pick those things up as well. And you might be thinking, duh, but think about Kansas City. You put Kansas City in third and seven, and I think they're fine. Like, what's the conversion percentage on that? Probably like 50% for them. Like, they'll probably pick it up. If they don't pick it up, they're probably getting six yards, and they'll just go for it on fourth down. Put the 49ers in third and seven. It's not the same story. Uh, they don't do as well. So when they play behind the sticks like they had this week, like they did last week, and like they did the week before, uh, the offense doesn't perform as well as it could. Um yeah, the pass game, I was fine with a, a lot of what happened there. I mean, they Bindle, didn't get a ton of Bindle pressure. Rate. It was I think Bindle the biggest rate. issue was, yeah, they didn't respect Purdy's legs. And what they were doing a lot on third down, which worked for stopping the actual pass, they played man coverage, but they were rushing. And when they rushed, they didn't do what they do against like Lamar Jackson and against a lot of quarterbacks. They did this against Geno Smith. Try to really constrict that pocket. You kind of pull it in tight and make the quarterback uncomfortable, but they can't go anywhere. Instead, Trey Hendrickson, it felt like was rushing around the outside a lot. And that's probably by design. That's not on him. Um, but that left openings for Purdy to escape to his left and start running up the field. And that happened even on a play Trey Hendrickson drop too. I think that was a rollout, but yeah, Purdy's able to run a little bit more than they expected, but at the same time, Forcing them to try to win with just drop back passes and Purdy scrambles. That's a winning business model in my mind. And they even got, I mean, the interceptions were awesome. And I don't know how Jermaine Pratt caught the first one. I don't I even know what insane. happened there. What the heck was that decision though? Because that was an RPO. He was all the way out there. It's just like five seconds into the play. Like the, the offensive line is probably seven, eight, nine, ten yards downfield to pull it and throw that. The flag immediately comes out. That's why I wasn't worried when that flag was on the field. Like I, this isn't on the defense. That's I definitely was worried line. because it's Ron Torbert out there. So I was a little nervous. I didn't know what was going to happen there. But Jermaine Pratt was was Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson. It it makes you remember what what this front office was able to do in the offseason they got extensions for a very cheap for mm -hmm. jermaine pratt and logan wilson and they Especially were different makers. in terms of cheap like i think they're both under market value mm -hmm. the jermaine pratt extension i mean what oh, man getting a guy that can play at a good level at the linebacker spot in the nfl for pennies like that insane like logan wilson incredible too and I don't want to discount it at all. Like, And I'm glad they got him on an extension. I think this is one of the most fun linebacker duos in the league. Mm -hmm. uh, my fire from the hip take is probably top five. I don't know if I want to go too far above that. I do think the 49ers duo is probably better. But, I mean, today, today, I think it was the Bengals that were better between those two duos. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, they're both awesome. But the Bengals have such a great – spine well they used to have a great spine the whole way through now they're building it with the dax hill pick and maybe the jordan battle selection but you still have reader you've got those two linebackers the middle of the spangles defense is tough 
I think that's how Lou Anarumo has wanted to construct it, really. And then you get Trey Hendrickson, and you get a Chidobe Wuzier, a DJ Turner, Cam Taylor-Britt, et cetera, as well. And Mike Hilton played a big role in this game. But the Bengals defense is always solid all around, and I think it's at its strongest in the middle, like up through the middle spine of the defense. And maybe the safeties aren't there as much this year, but when you look at how they held the 49ers down, it was a lot of that. It was a lot of stop in the run. It was a lot of the linebackers getting those interceptions. Uh, and yeah, I mean, impressive. I think this was another game from Lou Anarumo that you point to and you go, that dude's got it. You know, <laughs> I think some people get more hype than him, but he should have been a head coach from the last cycle. He should be this one. And I still don't believe the NFL is going to make the call because they, he just doesn't fit what they like. That's fine with me. Keep Lou here yeah. for another year. I, I'm I'm 100% okay with that. And did you see Lou at the end of the game on the broadcast? No. He was so hyped. He was so hyped. He was smiling ear to ear, and he was just pumped. Zach Taylor went over to him. And he just hit him on the shoulder. It was awesome. It was just great by Zach Taylor. And I agree with Zach Taylor after the game. It was the most complete game we've seen all season from everyone. Even even Brad Robbins had a good punt in this game. He rarely punted, but he had a good punt. There's a good return, too, from Travion Williams. That took him to, like, the 40. Yeah. So a couple special teams plays that were good despite the one missed field goal, which they said the wins were weird, so I'm not going to hold it against McPherson too much. He also hit a longer one later. Uh, yeah, defense, man. I feel like there's still more to talk about. There but, is. Um, we'll have a podcast. We'll have a podcast yeah. later this week when we'll talk a little more about breaking down the tape, what happened in this game, defense and offensive wise. But uh, I think if you're a Bengals fan, the way this season started at 0 and 2, we joked about it. And we said, you know, you can't compare what happened last year to this season. But here we are. Here we are right now. And they have a huge Sunday night football game where they've only lost two at home in the last two years. You play the Buffalo Bills, huge AFC. You need an AFC one. We'll talk about and preview what's going to happen later this week. Uh, but overall, with the Cincinnati Bengals, just a great win today. Yeah, and the biggest trend, the Bengals are undefeated at Paycor when I'm there. I'll be there. You'll be there. I'll be there. It'll be a great time. We'll find out if we're wearing orange or black. It's going to be really cool when it comes I'm to I'm orange. Camp. I saw. I think I'm black for this one. I would rather be black. I'm in orange. the club seats for this one, so it's a little different. Uh, I'm, I'm usually down in my family section, but I'm actually a little higher up. But it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. It's a huge game at home, but but they got another NFC team. They are killing the NFC West. The AFC North is doing pretty good against the AFC West, to be completely honest NFC with West, you. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Except the Browns lost to the, the Browns. And that and that's one thing we'll talk about on uh, later this week's podcast before we get to the preview and prediction. Browns lost. The Chiefs lost today to the Broncos. I think it's the first time in Patrick Mahomes is. I, I don't want to say this, first but it's time since like 2016. That's it's been a minute. It's been a minute since they they lost to the Broncos, but the Broncos had a, a nice win for the Chiefs. And then you uh, look at the Steelers dropping one against the Jags, even though I thought the Steelers were going to stick in that one. 16 straight up until today for the Chiefs and the Broncos. Mm -hmm. Thanks for that for us here. Hey, look, the Bengals are back right now. I'm not. I'm not. I, I truly believe after watching that performance on the road against a legit NFC contender that this team is back. And, and if I felt Joe Burrow was back, today was the answer. Because I was a little concerned after the Seattle game. I was like, oh, Joe's missing some of the receivers out there. This offense is struggling. Today looked like Joe, the old Joe. And you could tell it in his confidence when he was hitting his helmet. He was just getting himself hyped up after running for a first down. I'm like, all right, 
all right, this offense might be back, but defense was legit. And look, there's more to talk about. And I'm really excited to kind of break that down later this week. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, I think he always hits his helmet after he takes like big contact. If I was very is. nervous. I, was, I, I I hit the person next to me and I said, why is he hitting his helmet? <laughs> is he okay? They're like, no, he's getting himself hyped up. He's, he's mm-hmm. good. He's good. But uh, yeah, no common, common reaction. Take a big hit. You just like not keep me down, you know, like hit yourself. Like I, I'm that dude, I'm staying up. And just picked up a first down. Yeah, it's common. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No, it was fun. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking a little more about kind of the tape, what looked what looked good in this 49ers game. Obviously, Bengals won 31-17. They're 3-0 in their last three games after that Titans loss on the road. And it's it's been pretty fun. Uh, we'll look ahead. We'll preview Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals later this week. You're going to have plenty on all Bengals. What's going to be up there coming up soon? I am hoping I get a takeaways article up, although I do have to work Monday because I am not going to work Friday, so I can go out to Cincinnati early. Um, but yeah, hopefully a takeaways article, and then later in the week, as always, film breakdown, middle of the week. Uh, probably no preview, just because I'm going to be traveling. Yep, no preview this week, but Mike's working hard behind the scenes. Make sure you follow Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at Ellen Diaz Patterson. The Cincinnati Bengals defeat the 49ers 31-17 to on the road. Thank you, as always, for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.